Darren, we'd better turn around. Why? Because I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. We are the things that were and shall be again. What was that film you were watching? Death, death, death. Death, death, death. Part two. Oh, Lord. What the front time, bitch! What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trashmouth Mills, and today's guest is the one and only Ace Von Johnson of the band L.A. Guns. Ace is also a huge horror fan and has even worked on some of the music for The Last Drive-In, and his band L.A. Guns just put out a brand new record called Black Diamonds that I highly recommend you check out if you haven't already. But before we dive into that and much more on this week's episode... I just want to remind you guys to go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all updates on the podcast. If you'd like to sign up for the Patreon, it's only $2 a month. The link for that is in the description. We'll get some stickers in the mail, a shout out on a future episode, and I'm going to look for some more ways coming up in the future to you know grow the Patreon as well. So, Also, you can support the podcast the free way by just subscribing or rating wherever you're listening or sharing it around on social medias to spread the word. Either way helps a ton, and I appreciate it a bunch. So, With all that being said, thank you guys again for listening, and let's get into this week's episode. So before we dive into the horror movies, I did, uh, did just want to ask, you know, you've played in a bunch of uh, awesome bands in the past, but now you're playing an even more awesome band with, uh, you know, L.A. Guns. Do you guys have anything coming up that you'd like to talk about or promote or, you know, even another project that you play in possibly? Uh, yeah, L.A. Guns has a new record uh, called Black Diamonds coming out in a month, uh, approximately from today on April 15th. Fuck you. Yeah. And a um, couple singles that are already out, You Betray. And I don't remember what the other ones are called, but there's a couple singles already out and uh, I think one or two more to follow. And um, that's kind of it. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of music stuff I could think of, but nothing's really coming to mind right now. I'm pretty much just busy with L.A. Guns and then just, uh, you know, independent stuff here from home yeah. in my little studio. Hell yeah. Now, and then uh, kind of segue into horror movies, you know, but also still dealing with the music. My only other question with that stuff is uh, you ended up doing some music along with John Brennan and those guys over for The Last Drive. And what ended up uh, leading to that collaboration? And, you know, what was it like doing music uh, with those guys? John and I, like a lot of people nowadays, sort of struck up a friendship fr- a friendship on uh, social media. I think we were interacting on Twitter oh. and uh, maybe for about a year and he and I were tweeting each other or something like that. And he was like, Oh, I'm a big fan of the, some of the bands you've been in and it'd be cool to collaborate. And I was like, yeah, man, I, I watched, uh, I used to watch Joe Bob on, on monster vision in the nineties when I was a kid and be stoked to do something together. And, and uh, a few months went by and um, I think it was the end of 2021 or maybe the beginning of 2022. They had a Valentine's day episode special coming up and he had sort of sent me a kind of template of what he was looking for sort of like the concept was like a cinderella song the band and uh so we did this track called stick shift drive in love uh that was on that episode and then they they pressed on a on vinyl on a seven inch actually just mailed a copy of that today which is why i'm i'm running around like chicken with his head cut off today because i'm running late but uh I mailed out a copy of that to my Gibson guitars rep today, actually. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of. And then we did some other stuff for the, uh, what was it, the Christmas special, the uh, 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 Tide get-together in December. Um, I also contributed some voice, some voices, uh, voiceover stuff to that as well, as and some music. So that's kind of how it started. Oh, yeah. No, that's awesome. No, and John's awesome. He's been on the show a few times. We actually did a whole episode where we just talked about uh, 80s, our favorite 80s uh, metal albums. So oh, rad. he actually introduced me to Dangerous Toys. I've heard about them before, but, you know, just never really, you know, I'm I'm only 31. So I just never really checked them out. You know, I wasn't around in the 80s and stuff like that. So when he told me about them, I was like, well, let me check them out. And now uh, I've had Jason on the show. They're fucking awesome. So now nah, uh... yeah, Jason's awesome. I, I love Dangerous Toys. I, actually, I'm going to see Jason on Friday. Um, oh, yeah, that's for- awesome got an event together oh hell yeah that's great now i saw that you were on their show i listened to uh, a little bit of that i need to finish it up but i was really enjoying that where uh their talk louder podcast yeah that's a good one yeah him and dave yeah hell yeah but uh we can segue into the horror movies man what was your uh my first question usually that i like to ask all my guests is what was your relationship with them growing up and did it change at all as you got older and became an adult 
it was just something that my dad used to show me. Um, I used to just watch horror movies with my dad. And then I think I just started watching them on my own. I remember on Sundays at like six or seven years old on Sundays, it'd be like these like weird matinee movies yeah. on, on TV. Uh, like weird, like, you know, Critters 2 and Terror Vision and stuff like that. And I definitely had an early sort of affinity for Vincent Price and a lot of the sort of like classic what we think of as classic universal monsters especially uh the lagoon creature and, and all that stuff and then yeah. uh as i got older uh i just always it was always there and then you know i guess as my career progressed or whatever you want to call it i started like collecting stuff um i my i have a pretty decent sized collection of like one sheets and quads and three sheets and inserts and and all kinds of stuff the whole house is just is covered with in horror movie memorabilia so it's something i've always surrounded myself with uh aesthetically just starting as a kid and uh i probably don't watch them as much as i used to when i was younger because i, I feel like i don't have the free time to oh, just yeah. sit down and watch a movie i'm sure you you get that um yeah but any chance i i get to either revisit or 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 watch something maybe new if i think it'll be decent uh, i was in in la about a six weeks ago for work and uh my friend uh eben mcgar with uh, mad monster party and now the famous monsters entity uh they were doing a film festival so i was able to actually catch the creature from the black lagoon and the creature walks among us in between uh la guns shooting music videos that weekend okay. so it was cool to be there for that and, and see some of those on the big screen in hollywood at, at grauman's chinese yeah no, and uh, rest in peace to uh, Rico, or uh, I don't know if I pronounced his name correctly. Rico Browning, we just yeah, yeah. Rico Browning, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm the creature is probably definitely my favorite of the Universal monsters. Would you say that's your favorite of the? Uh, I guess there's five of them, or I guess there's almost six of them if you count Invisible Man and the Mummy. Yeah, I think I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's like the original lot of like the Bride, Frankenstein's monster, uh, Dracula, the Wolfman and the creature um and then it, you keep ex expanding i mean i've heard people reference like the metaluna mutants yeah and uh you know they keep going and going the what was like mole people and stuff like that like they count too um but yeah i mean of the original sort of lot uh the creature is definitely my favorite i got a couple creature tattoos there's yeah. one of them and i don't know where the rest of them are but they're on me somewhere but uh yeah it's probably my favorite Oh, yeah. Now, and I've recorded almost uh, 180 episodes when we're recording this one. And uh, I almost gave you a round of applause for shouting out Terrifier. I mean, not Terrifier, Terror Vision, because you're the first one to do that. And that's one of my favorites. I watch that shit all the time. It's just uh, I told somebody the other day. It's uh, well, I actually had my wife on the show and just like as a little fun, like different episode. And uh, we were chatting about movies that she likes. And that's ones that she picked up because of me. And we were talk just talking about how like it's almost a comedy for horror fans, you know, because it's so comedic and shit in the way that it plays out and stuff but it's just i don't know it's also yeah. too gross out for the normal like the casual movie goer you know what i mean but it's definitely a, a sort of like on the nose 80s like schlocky yeah like it's not really i mean i guess it's scary but it's not it's just it's more of a comedy yeah um but uh yeah that, that's one of my favorite sort of deep cuts as from that era oh yeah no, and uh, I got to meet. Well, I had her on the show, and then I got to meet her, Diane Franklin. She's such a freaking uh, nice person. I don't know if you got to meet her yet, but uh, I know you do some cons and stuff like that as well. But she's uh, such a nice uh, person. I can't give her her flowers enough, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I think actually of all people, I think PJ Souls introduced me to her briefly at an event uh, a few oh, yeah. years ago. In passing, yeah. Oh yeah. What's uh? I was trying to think of what her uh her uh, totally isn't that what she says in uh, PJ Souls isn't that her thing totally in uh. It was either Carrie yeah. or Halloween that she says it like five or, or 15 times. I think it's Halloween I, that she says it. I think it's in Halloween. Yeah, I think she's just had that sort of like typical Valley girl kind of like totally kind of thing going on for a while. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Well, we uh, we talked about your favorite Universal Monster and, you know, some of your favorite deep cuts. Uh, do you have a favorite horror film of all time or maybe, you know, a few that sit at the top? You know, because I know that you're a, a huge horror fan, so it's kind of hard to lock in. You know, I know that you probably have like a favorite, but I know it's hard to lock in like those number two and three spot for sure my favorite horror film of all time is probably if i really had to ultimately pick one is probably vincent price's uh or i should say william castle's house on haunted hill 1959 okay. um not the remake and um <laughs> i would follow that up with 
maybe i mean they're usually like the goat like the sort of obvious ones um the shining and the exorcist because they scared me as like a seven-year-old and they scared me a little bit as an adult yeah and uh they're just so well done um i think a lot of the like upper echelon horror and well in any uh genre but i think the reason those films are as well regarded as they are is because they're sort of the best of the genre regardless so it'd be it's kind of hard to stray away from some of those so yeah so that's three films uh i do have a fondness for like silly 80s movies like i mentioned terror vision that's not one of them but uh i would put return of the living dead in my top five fuck yeah um just perfect blend of horror comedy uh 80s cliche i'm a huge fan of punk rock music yeah and so um that soundtrack is untouchable i mean the damned tsol the cramps tall boys rocky erickson 45 grave and so on and uh beyond that i'm trying to think i'm like i'm literally looking around the house oh creep show there's a bunch of creep show shit over here uh yeah the uh uh stephen king george romero's uh creep show fantastic i mean as far as anthology films i think it's the best one to date um and uh i'm a big big sucker for anything with a an anthology like Monster Club, which is a sort of obscure Vincent Price film yeah. uh, that also, you know, I'm hoarding stuff from. There's probably some Monster Club stuff just with that my out of screen here. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's enough. That's enough mm-hmm. of them. Oh, yeah. No, no, exactly. We're talking about the uh, Creep Show is one of my favorites as well. And then uh, like especially the way that they use like the colors and stuff like that. It was almost like using the Dario Argento color palette, but using it in like a comic book way, you know, to... Uh, fit into the the very creep show uh ec comics like uh feel that they were going for and now i'm with you 100 that's to me the best anthology and i'm with you the uh, monster club is one that's very underrated that's the one where it's like uh isn't it like a party and like they each go into their own story as like like the different monsters or something like that if i'm not mistaken yeah kind of like it's uh uh john carradine's in it it's got everybody uh donald pleasance uh brit eklund in it who actually uh was dating uh the singer of la guns around that time <laughs> um in in england in the late 70s or late 80s and uh oh yeah who else is in it yeah so anyways yeah and 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 vincent price lures john carradine into this this sort of club uh and and uh shows him this genealogy chart of ghouls and vampires and such and such and each one has its little story and uh it's 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 a very kid-friendly anthology horror film i don't i must have rented it on vhs as a kid because i just have there's about 10 movies in my childhood that i remember watching repeatedly and that was one of them and now as an adult i'm like you know absconding like any piece of memorabilia like uh i have four or five different theatrical posters from different regions i have like a spanish one one from south america an american one a british one and an australian one so oh, yeah. uh yeah oh yeah that's awesome obviously you can see i'm a collector as well so i definitely appreciate yeah, yeah. fellow fellow collector so no it's uh yeah, some, it. something that uh definitely sucks about being out where i'm at because i live in like small town north carolina so like uh there's no like fine and cool shit at thrift stores and stuff like that i was i listened to forever midnight i don't know if you listen to those guys but um yeah. I, I was listening to the, their podcast and they literally found like a dream warriors poster and like fucking uh uh there was another one i can't remember another oh from beyond they found like a oh, yeah like, literally like one sheets from the original release like just at a thrift store and i was like what the hell man like because you know it's los Angeles, like it's california you know so it's uh it's crazy the stuff that you can like find over there for sure yeah i mean it's it's everywhere i mean i'm in nashville now so a oh, yeah, lot yeah. of my collection a lot of my i'm not that far from you a lot of my collection did come from California, but then also, you know, being a touring musician for the last 20 plus years, um, you know, I would go to places and, you know, walk in somewhere and find stuff. Of course I'm looking like, you know, no one can see here, but uh, <laughs> in my, in my hall, I'm in the upstairs office, but this room is actually the least horror stuff. This is like, I try to keep it all music related because the I work in here and my records and stuff, but uh, yeah. the rest of the house is just all one sheets and stuff. And uh, I've gotten stuff, you know, in Philly and in Georgia and Tennessee and Illinois. And so this stuff everywhere, you just got to kind of know where to, where to dig, I think. Um, yeah. But it, it, it varies. I mean, you might, 
surprise yourself and find something in some secondhand store or somewhere if you walk in at the right place the right time yeah hell yeah i mean shit wolfman jack apparently lived about uh 20 minutes from me in like another smaller town i don't know if you know who wolfman jack is but uh of course yeah he yeah. was uh he ended up retiring like in shiloh north carolina which was literally only like 25 minutes from me so shit you know you, like you said you never know you might find like some of his old stuff at something you know stuff like that so but yeah yeah but hell yeah no no definitely didn't mean only cali but uh i know what you mean it's like uh especially when you travel and stuff like that that's really cool because like you kind of get to see like uh a few different you know like really get to check out some of those real small like hidden places like you know like charlotte north carolina you know you never know but yeah but, i like charlotte my, one of my best friends lives in charlotte hell yeah but uh so uh but uh go back real quick i do want to comment on return of the living dead uh you mentioned that one as being like uh one of the best like horror comedy like mix-ups i gotta agree 100 especially with like scenes where you know they show the corpse and she's talking about you know i feel myself rotting and then you also but then you turn and you have the comedy of them just talking shit to each other and stuff like that uh do you have a yeah. favorite like uh is there any scenes from that movie that stand out to you that's definitely in my it's probably not my top five but it's definitely in my top 10 for sure as well as just as yeah as you can film i love the duality of the humor and then the fact that it's still a horror movie with people dying like i like when uh which character is that it's not clue gulliver it's uh forgot which that what the actor's name is and he's taking his ring off and he kisses it puts it on the switch and puts himself into the uh the uh incinerator yeah what, whatever it's called and then in the map in the background rocky erickson's burn the flames is playing i always thought that was you know sort of sad but in the middle of this goofy you know movie uh or the scene that whole sort of post canister opening sequence of like you know bert uh we've got a problem here you know yeah he's like, watch your mouth you like this job boy you know like that whole you know, you mean the movie lied? That whole sequence and the yellow body and the freezer running around and they put the pickaxe in it and, you know, and the split dog and that whole, yeah. that's probably my favorite part of the movie. Hell yeah. No, I love that part, especially when the uh, hit the canister and like it busts open and then it goes into that super awesome score. You know, that's one thing is a, it's got an awesome soundtrack, but also has a great score to compliment it and stuff like that. And uh no, I love that part. Like pretty much from that point on, like into the like opening credits. And then, like you said, the reaction to the actual split canister from like the split, you know, the dog in half where they're just like hear the faint bark and they're like, what the fuck is that? And it's like you yeah. kind of have an idea. But no, that's one of the films that I find is just super fun to revisit. And I, I agree 100%. It's just I don't know. It's I've definitely said on the podcast before, it's definitely the most punk rock horror movie, if you ask me, you know, as far as uh when it comes down to being just like actual good horror movie, you got like some, you know, like very DIY uh, shot on video horror movies. I'm sure back sure. in the days that were super punk rock. But... Yeah. Like but a necromantic or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But this is definitely like uh, the most mainstream one for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It had enough sort of big names attached to it and, and production wise and John Russo writing who, you know, uh, was affiliated with night of the living dead with George Romero. And uh, I think was wrote, the screenplay for alien or something like that some tie in there but yeah. then uh the interesting thing there was a 20th anniversary screening in hollywood which i lived i lived there for most of my adult life until about three years ago when i came to nashville and they did a 20th anniversary in oh five or oh six whatever the 20th would have been and the entire cast and um just everyone was there and it was really cool to see it there but I, there was a the like a q a with the dais and everybody on it and uh dying of cancer uh mary the singer of 45 grave the you know the party time song it turns out i learned that she was uh tasked as the music director for the project so she was the one that handpicked all of the you know the cramps and tsol and and um the damned and all that stuff she was the one that went through and sort of picked all of those artists which i never knew and oh, i always thought that that was really cool no definitely i didn't know that that's awesome to learn because uh like you said that's one of the best soundtracks for sure i don't think uh uh, I've been listening to a lot of the cramps lately. Not that I've, you know, don't listen to them before, but for some reason I've been on the cramps kick. So it's definitely another reason I've like chatted about Return of the Living Dead, just because it's like something recent that I've been. Uh, and I made my wife watch it the other day for the first time. Not the first time, oh. but she she's one of those people that she doesn't watch it all the way through and pay attention to it. She always feels like it's the first time for her. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I've never seen that. this before. It's like, yeah, you have. <laughs> but no, but uh, no, I just uh, I love that movie. So I put it on a go to sleep sometimes. And that was one of the times that I put it on. But but uh, speaking of, you know, killer soundtracks and uh, well, actually, I'll just uh, speaking of, you know, you got to see 
Uh, you mentioned seeing the double feature of Creature from the Black Lagoon and the Creature Among Us uh, in the theaters. But have you gotten to check out anything, uh, any recent releases in the past year or two or, you know, even past five or uh, so years that you really enjoyed? Like, I know you say you don't get to get out much, so that's why, uh, you know, definitely don't feel like it needs to be too recent. Yeah, there's been a couple things that I liked. What was um, was it called X? The where they're yeah. filming the, the the porno movie in the middle of the nowhere. Uh, yeah. I thought that was really well done. And then I haven't seen the sequel yet. Um, again, I, it's like on my ever-growing, never-ending to-do list. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was... I know they're doing a third one already. Um, I really enjoyed that one because it kind of kept me invested. And and that's hard to do just because I feel like a lot of more contemporary horror movies... There's, I mean, like I feel like most of the stories have kind of been told. Um, but uh, more recent stuff... Um, you know, it's not that there wasn't anything that came out that I didn't like. I'm just drawing a blank. Yeah. Um, I liked Midsummer, but I wouldn't necessarily like put it on my like must see list or anything like that. I think like Blumhouse and 824 and a couple of these production companies are relatively putting out stuff that's at least keeping the uh keeping the blood fresh, if you will, pardon the pun. Uh, I did really love what they did with Invisible Man. I love that spin on it. Um, oh, I, yeah. I saw the I saw the theater, and I've also had my share of insane, malevolent people in my life, so I could relate to, uh, you know, this woman who's being gaslit through this entire film, et cetera, et cetera. I thought that was really well done and terrifying. And in, in obviously, there's at least not that we're aware of. There's no invisible suits, but I liked the re imagining of it's not you know some guy in a lab in the 40s with like a juice you know or a potion or whatever yeah it's got a realism um, I, to I, it even though it's not yeah it's yeah. it's I, I i my favorite types of horror are are psychological and stuff like that which i guess i would consider that film to be a psychological horror movie in in essence yeah but um you know like guy with a knife and a mask has sort of we've we've seen that you know what i mean like or you know or a monster or and all these you know a demon or anything where the cgi the body's bending backwards all that like we already did that a hundred times already now i need i need something new i think my favorite horror movie to come out in the last you said five years but it's got to be at least 10 years old now it might even be older but recent horror movies of it is my favorite is the babadook um yeah. which seems to have split audiences because i know people that love it and i know people that are like oh it's terrible but yeah. I, I I liked it. I think there's something creepy about little kids. And also, uh, you know, just it was an interesting concept and um, something new. But, I, you know, again, like I said, there's I should have been more prepared to talk about horror movies. But newer stuff, I can't really think of anything uh, other than any of the stuff I mentioned. I'm sure tomorrow I'll be like, oh, shit, I should have brought up whatever. Um, I thought, what did they do? Three new Halloween films? Um, yeah. I liked I liked the first one of the new trilogy and then I kind of lost interest. Um, it was interesting to see uh, who's the guy from the Brat Pack uh, that was in the second one. Oh, uh, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Thank you. I was interesting to see him play a tough guy character. You know, not that he hasn't before, but I still always think of him as the, the nerdy kid in Breakfast Club. Yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> or like Rusty from uh, Vacation or whatever it is. And um, yeah, those were all right. I mean, there's, you know, what is it you know i'm not here to yuck on anyone's yums and art, you know horror is art and art is subjective but uh i don't know nothing really like i said nothing's really popping out at, at, at least that i can think of what about you have you seen anything in the last like year or two that was like fantastic x and pearl were two that i really enjoyed i actually like pearl a little bit more than x uh not everybody that i've talked to feels the same way but they at least enjoy pearl so i definitely recommend checking that out uh i enjoyed barbarian i don't know if you got to see barbarian Fuck. See, okay, I knew there was going to be one. Oh my yeah. god, yes. Yeah, see, that's number one. That's the best horror movie I've seen in the last year. Fuck yeah. See, forgot. I can't. Yeah, was... I'm a. I'm a goldfish. I'll forget about this tomorrow. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. What a great film. I, when it ended in the middle and then it pops in with Justin Long out of thin air, I was like, "What the fuck just happened? What am I watching?" Yeah. No, I agree 100. That was the thing that sold me on it. Is it was probably the funnest time I had in the theater the whole time, like all all year. And I went and saw it at like a 12:30 p.m. showing, 
uh, you know, like noon or whatever, because uh, I think honestly, I think it was Barbara Crampton that literally posted and was like, you have to see this movie without knowing anything. And I'd seen a trailer, but it was still like the trailer was still pretty uh, ambiguous. So I was like, okay, well, you know, uh, I still need to see this before it gets spoiled. And when she posted about it, I was like, well, she's posting. It's not going to be long before spoilers get posted. So I was like, I'm going to I'm going to see this shit. So I went and saw it the next day at like noon because I happen to have the day off. And uh, I've like there haven't only be like 15 people in the whole theater, but all of us were having a blast. And no, it was I'm with you when it made that switch halfway through. I was like, wait, wait a minute. But it almost like went from being like serious and psychological to being like almost like a campy horror movie. But I, I'm down for that, especially if it uh, catches you off guard and does it, you know, not just does it the whole time. Yeah, it it reminded me. Have you ever seen a movie from the? I want to say it's around 1990. It's a Charles Band movie called Castle Freak. Yeah, it reminded me of that kind of thing, which I I liked Castle Freak and I like Barbarian because obviously you're watching horror, you're watching something that's fantasy. But yeah. on paper, these things could happen. There was no like, uh, you know, it wasn't like a flying bat child with like magical powers. It was like some inbred creepy you know uh amazonian person in a basement holding people hostage stranger things have happened or the same thing with castle freak where it's like you know some abused you know uh abused person being held captive their whole life and they escape etc but yeah I, i thought that was great and uh i liked it wasn't humorous but i liked the contemporary like you know, there was like a like a undercurrent of like, you know, like tongue in cheek kind of like you're waiting for Justin Long to basically get his his up and comings, which he does there at the very last nanosecond. But uh, yeah, yeah. Great, great film. Yeah. My 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 buddy, I mentioned it lives in North Carolina. This guy, Ricky uh, Rackman is a TV personality, et cetera. Called oh, yeah. me He's be on uh, Headbangers Ball, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was a host of Headbangers Ball and a few yeah. other uh, few series that went on. Um and uh, we're, he's a close friend of mine. And he called me and he goes, have you seen Barbarian yet? And I said, no. And he goes, do you know what it's about? And I said, no. And he goes, don't, don't Google it. Don't read about it. He goes, just go see it. And I was like, all right. Because he he likes horror too. But he obviously he knows that's my thing. Yeah. And, and I don't like, like if it's something like that that I don't know anything about, I would just assume, like you said, going blind. Obviously, if they're remaking Invisible Man, I'm going to have an idea about what the fuck it's about yeah but uh you know or if we're doing like troll three or halloween 17 i know what it's it's there's gonna be a michael myers but i i was like barbarian it wasn't anything like i anticipated just based on the artwork and the title and so uh that like you said that was a a really good one so yeah if anyone is listening or watching or whatever uh if you haven't heard anything about it yet don't and then go see it because it's great yeah, we definitely didn't say anything that's spoiler enough, I think, at all, you know, other than about halfway through it makes a shift, but uh, that, yeah, that doesn't is a ruin, shift. Yeah, it doesn't ruin anything at all. But no, I agree 100%. This is one of the best movies, and it definitely has a uh, uh, Castle Freak is probably one of his more serious films, but it definitely has a Stuart Gordon feel just overall, just because it's got like that yeah. com- comedic feel, like uh, with Justin Long's character. And uh, it's it's weird because, like you said, it, it feels like Castle Freak in story, but it, it feels like Stuart Gordon just overall with the humor that comes with like maybe Reanimator or From Beyond and stuff like that. So, or even Dolls. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. You're right. It does have that sort of Gordon kind of vibe to it. I, I, I never thought about it like that, but it did definitely remind me of, of Castle Freak. Yeah, absolutely. But hell yeah and apparently he's got uh that director has another movie in the works right now that's supposed to be something uh horror i just saw details on it i wish i could remember i'm drawing a blank but at first i heard that it wasn't supposed to be horror but now i'm hearing that it is going to be a horror movie i think it's supposed to be about witches which is pretty fucking cool because cool. there's not many witch films i feel like that's you know other than like classics like suspiria and stuff like that that's very uh left out genre i feel like witches you know lords of salem is probably the last witch film i could think of or the suspiria remake but or or which with the V's. Oh yeah, yeah, that was fucking awesome. Which that's probably like one of the best ones, but that was fucking awesome. Yeah, that's a brilliant film. Very slow burn, but when you get to that ramps up at the end. Wow, I mean, that's another movie. How old is that now? Maybe six, seven years old. Yeah, it's probably. Uh, I think it's 2016. Yeah, I think it's in Reynolds. Yeah, is that is that A24 or Blumhouse? I think A20. it's A24. Yeah, that was Robert yeah. Eggers' first film. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, see, that's brilliant film just the the you know i i saw that in the theater not knowing any like you know the week it came out before anyone could ruin it for me and i was like wow i feel like i'm really in this time period you know yeah so 
You almost wanted subtitles. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, almost at times. Yeah. No, when that baby disappears, like early on, that shit like hits you in the gut, and then you see the witch scene where it's, it's like shows the, like her mashing up the baby pretty much. It's like it's oh. just fucking serious. But now it's a slow yeah, burn, that... but it's it's got enough dreadful shit that definitely keeps you on edge for sure, and and invested. It actually there's a. Uh what's the director's name the movie is called antichrist and oh, it stars okay. willem willem um defoe von and trier of course, That's a, yeah sorry thank you lars von trier yeah that it, it's nothing alike but which and that reminded me it had that same kind of you know like children g- genital mutilation like yeah. like hard hard to hard to actually watch you know and so uh yeah, I think I think for me there's a difference between like something that makes me squirm and something that actually scares me, and I would put both of those more in the former. Yeah, um, yeah. Antichrist but, uh, is hard to rewatch. I can watch. I can rewatch The Witch, but Antichrist, so that block scene with that Willem Dafoe is just hard. <laughs> I I I saw it in the theater when it first came out in like what was that oh eight or nine or ten or something like that, and yeah. I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, oh, I love you know Willem Dafoe. I mean, still. And uh, I was like, oh, Lars von Trier, I, I know some of his work. And and I left the theater like fucking, you know, right. talk to a therapist or something like that. Yeah. So no, re- no revisiting on that one for me either. Yeah. Now, I'd probably rewatch it if somebody I was like hanging out with and never seen it. And they're like, I'd watch it. But uh, luckily, yeah. that doesn't happen for me too often. But like most times, <laughs> if I bring it up, they're like, yeah, I've seen it. I don't want to watch it again. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, traumatizing. Yeah, I'd rather watch uh, his uh, newer film again, uh, House of Jack Belt. That was that's more rewatchable in my opinion. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. What's the what's the premise there? Pretty much, uh, it's Matt Dillon, and he plays a serial killer, and it kind of shows like him just like doing like like these very brutal kills throughout time. Like you know, like there's one where he takes a woman and her kids out for a, a picnic, and he's really taking her out to like snipe her and her kids out in the field and stuff. And no, it's it's wow. wild. It's, it's a- it's called the House of Jack Belt. Yeah, it's streaming. I think on Hulu and stuff like that. It's streaming on a few things, or at least it used to be. But it's pretty brutal. But it's uh, it's good, and it doesn't have anything that's too brutal. To that's why I say it's like more rewatchable than Antichrist because it's got some very like brutal shit in it, but nothing that you wouldn't see in like uh, Maniac, you know, like or something like that. But yeah, yeah, fair enough. But oh yeah. But uh, so in the back half of the show, I like to ask a few. Uh, and of course, if you think of any movies that you want to shout out, just to chat about, you know, feel free. You know, as favorites or even just something recent that you're like, oh, should I remember seeing this? But um, but in the back half of the show, I like to ask a few hypothetical questions. Or I say back half, but it's pretty much back third. But I like to ask a few hypothetical questions that mix the music and movies. Uh, I know you've done like a few uh, scoring things in the past, but if somebody ever approached you and gave you, obviously, this isn't something that happens, but in a hypothetical uh, situation, if somebody approached you and gave you the opportunity to choose a subgenre to score for a horror movie, what subgenre would you choose? And uh, well, that's pretty much it. Usually I ask people if they would like to score. And if so, what subgenre would they choose? But I know already that you would like to score one. So I don't want to ask that question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would love to work on a feature film. And uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine today about composing uh, he does a lot of scoring stuff. He plays keyboards for uh, a band called TSOL, who we, yeah. we talked about with um, the Return of the Living Dead soundtrack. And um, we, he, we used to be in a band together as well, but he does that full time. And then I work with a buddy that does compositions full time as well. And But I don't know if he's done film. I think he solely does television. So everything I've done has been television. At least that was direct yeah. Uh, like written for like the Joe Bob show, et cetera. But uh, I would love to do something that was sort of like uh, probably a psychological thriller. Just, um, excuse me. A lot of the stuff I compose that's just simply, you know, cues and, and, and background music is usually a little more like, uh, you know, pulsating and ethereal. So I feel like, you know, a slow burn type of thing might be something I would be a little better at than, you know, than guy in a hockey mask in the in the woods kind of thing um, but i'd be up for doing any of that i actually have hit up a few of my friends who direct uh, over the last maybe year or two and been like hey here's here's some of the stuff i'm working on and what it's for yeah. um need someone in the future hint hint wink wink let me know because um i'd like to do more stuff like that outside of just being like band guy i guess yeah hell yeah 
No, I definitely hope, uh, you know, that you get the opportunity for sure. That's why I was saying, I know that you definitely would like to, because like you said, you dabbled in the composing world already just to get an actual feature, you know, to come your way and stuff. So Yeah, I would hope, I hope so someday, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which now that the pandemic's kind of slow, you know, back, you know, I I hate to always say the pandemic's over with, but, you know, we're pretty much back to normal. So now that we're back to normal, it's uh, there's a lot more stuff back in production. So it's definitely more likely, you know, to start picking back up again, where before it was, you know, I could see where it was slowed down and it was probably sucked that you started trying to ask people to do it. And then for a year, nobody could film anything. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah, it was did, did kind of have that vibe. I was in the middle of um, I do. I think I mentioned I do um, a small amount depending on how busy I am, a, a fair amount of voiceover work. And I was in the middle of filming something or recording something, I should say, uh, for Netflix when the pandemic started and the project went on hiatus for about three months until they could figure out how to continue production during the, you know, beginning upswing of this, this COVID pandemic thing. And so that was interesting to watch you know, going from like punching in at some major studio in Burbank every day to uh, them going like, all right, so we need to find out what kind of Wi-Fi you have because we're sending equipment to you in your house and uh, watching the sort of industry shift and um, stuff. So, yeah, but it's nice that things are back to what in whatever, you know, capacity they are now. So, hell yeah, no, definitely no more canceling tours midway through them, at least for now, you know, which is fucking definitely a good thing to not have to worry about so yeah hope, hopefully we're past that point now for the the majority of everybody yeah yeah no doubt for sure but so pretty much uh my second and uh second to last question and my second hypothetical question is if somebody approached you and wanted to you know film a music video for you and that was you know no budget like the budget was unlimited pretty much and they wanted to make it a short film version of one of your favorite horror movies but you know just featuring you and the rest of the guys in la guns what movie would you choose and how would you you know turn it into a music video featuring you and the rest of the band well, that would, in reality, be something I would defer to management. <laughs> no, yeah, I, got um, I, I would do something probably like The Shining. I would do something that's sort of, you know, that's that is sort of transcends the genre, so that people watching it would, you know, even if they were only a fan of the band or a fan of music or rock or whatever, would sort of understand that we were capturing this, you know, uh, you know, it only takes you know a guy's face in the door frame with the axe. Or, you know, like running through the snow or the two little girls in the hallway kind of thing. People go, oh, that's that. That's what that that's from that thing. You know, it's a part of pop culture now. So I think that would be cool just because it's such a favorite film of mine. Um, we actually did a video about five years ago called The Devil You Know. And the wraparound story is a sort of horror film. And it stars Felissa Rose, uh, yeah. who's a, a close friend of mine but uh, just happened to be involved in the production. She sent me a text and she was like, hey, uh, I'll see you for this video shoot. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? She's like, oh, I'm working on your music video. I was like, oh, I had no idea okay. um, uh, from Sleepaway Camp. And so, yeah, uh, but she's got the done produced i saw i saw i saw uh she's done and produced a bunch of stuff she's worked with like slayer and a bunch of other bands and so that was cool uh just as a horror fan and uh you know i think that was my first music video in the band as well so okay. um we've dabbled in that in that sort of world okay that's awesome no and she's she's another one that i couldn't say enough nice things about because when i met her uh, i went to the uh a convention alone and i told her that my wife you know again i told like she's not a huge horror fan at all like she watches horror movies for my sake but she one yeah. of the ones that she actually watched before me was sleepaway camp because her sister showed it to her growing up and stuff and uh so when i told her that my wife was a fan of sleepaway camp she was like oh want me to make a video for her like completely just offered without me asking or anything you know so she like took my phone made a video like tell my wife like hey like you know, like just saying like this is plus Rose, you know, I hope you're doing well, blah, blah, blah. And it was, uh, you know, just stuff like that. And it was just like, you know, like I didn't even say I was just saying that my wife was a fan because I had her put me, my wife and my name on the thing. You know, it says like to Tim and Lauren or whatever. But uh, yeah. so when I said that, she was like, oh, well, you know, when we make a video, I was like, why not? You know, so it was, uh, like I said, some people just sit there, you know, do the do what they have to. They're nice, you know, but uh, she like went above and beyond. So again, I couldn't say nothing. She's a, she's a super sweet woman. She's great. And uh, I'm definitely a fan of her as a human being for sure. Yeah. 
no, she's super great. And the, another thing, she was like pushing her line. Like she had to like go and she was like pushing her line. She was like, I can do as many as I can. And uh, like they were really like, because she wasn't, uh, she was supposed to be at the airport within like, like pretty close. Like I think two people behind me is where they cut off the line or whatever. But uh, so luckily I got in there. But, but yeah, that happens. These people that fly in, I got places they got a jet set to, et cetera. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And that's the thing is like, uh, I'm always like, the thing is conventions are you know that's the extra stuff so if they got work to get to i definitely understand you know i'm not one of those people that's like what they were supposed to be at the convention all weekend you know no, i was the way that so but yeah yeah now you got those fans that are toxic and stuff but that's everything but but uh scoot on from the negative shit the my last question which is still kind of negative <laughs> but uh depending on how you look at it uh so uh i saw that you it's kind of similar to i saw that you were on a episode of adam green's horrified where you told the horror story about uh, Murphy's Law and Jimmy G, which I'm a uh, pretty big Murphy's Law fan, so that's funny. Uh, and I actually saw them recently, and I gotta say, Jimmy probably hasn't changed because he's still saying like non PC shit and stuff on stage and stuff. But was he drinking Jagermeister out of the bottle on stage? I don't think it was Jager, but it was definitely he was definitely drinking some beers and stuff for sure. He had some uh, solo cups, but but so I know you shared that horror story up there. Uh, but I'd like to ask all my guests at the end of the show as well. Do you have a horror story of your own that you like to share? You know, whether it be a scary story of your own or, you know, something of the paranormal that you dealt with, if you believe in that kind of stuff. And uh, if you want to share that story again, you can as well. But I just figured I'd bring that up because I'm a uh, fan of that as well. It was a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was fun to do before I answer your question. Yeah. Well, I love Adam Green. I haven't talked to him in a minute. Uh, really sweet guy. Him and Joe Lynch, they, that the show, the, the movie Crypt together. Uh, Joe was actually who had hired me for that voice job I was talking about with the Netflix thing. Fuck yeah. Um, and uh, they're both sweet people and really great creators in the in the horror world. And I, I can't say enough things about the both of them. But uh, yeah, Adam had me come do that. I won't tell that story again, but um, the Murphy's Law thing. I, I wasn't in Murphy's Law for very long, but it was a, a fun you know, tenure while it lasted. And uh, I'm still a fan. I think I just bought a Murphy's Law record on vinyl, like maybe a couple months ago. And, uh, you know, Jimmy G, scary story. I mean, I've had a lot of scary stories regarding just interacting with people that are mentally unsound. But yeah. that's not where I want to go with this. I mean, I saw a, an apparition of a woman when I was in Germany. Um, oh, when I was in my mid-20s. I'm 40 now. When I was 20. Was I was 25, 26. I was playing in a punk rock band that I won't bother naming. Uh, that was touring through Europe. And we were playing a venue that was a sort of like a teen center. Um, and this was in Germany. Of course, I don't remember which which city. Chemnitz? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was in Berlin. And uh, it was a teen center. But what it was built as was a World War II bunker. So yeah. the venue was under you know like flight of stairs flight of stairs flight of stairs down underground and there were like you know foosball tables and pac-man and a stage for the bands and all stuff but upstairs were at what time at one time barracks that they had converted into a band apartment and uh i was sitting in the sort of communal area talking to my tour manager about something and there was a to my right was a hall that went down to all the bedrooms and then at about three o'clock was a, or two, two o'clock was a, a, a kitchen with an island in the center. And there was only one entrance to it. And then you walked in and it was a kitchen, you know, and there was a the table in the middle and that was it. And I'm talking to this gentleman and I see this woman walk through with dark hair and, and all blue. And I was like, and I, and our bass player at the time, my, my buddy Rick Collins was with us and his wife. And I just got this weird vibe and I stood up and I was like, where's Krista? And they're like, we're down here. And they were down the hall in one of the rooms with the door closed. And I stuck my head in the kitchen and there was nobody there. And there was nowhere for anyone to go. And I remember my tour manager, who was this, you know, very astute German man. He was like, oh, you Americans always <laughs> believing in spirits and ghosts. It was nothing. It was the wind. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just saw a woman with black hair walk, walk through that room. But OK, yeah. like I've never seen so, the wind uh, like that. bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so there's one there's probably more if i think about it but yeah lots of that kind of stuff in my travels oh yeah no that's one thing is like especially when you go over like uh to europe and stuff like that there's so many like you know places are old and 
you know, the United States, but you know, it's, there's even older places there. So no, it's crazy. The activity I'm sure that flows through some of those buildings, especially in Europe. Oh yeah. One of my favorite places in the world, in the world is a a town called Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, uh, Edinburgh is rife with paranormal activity, stories, legends, uh, Greyfriars cemetery for anyone that's interested fantastic rich history history it's 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 the cemetery's mountains because they just kept piling bodies on top of bodies and just keep burying them but it was where the uh i don't know the playwright's name but the guy that wrote the play uh cats uh lived in this room that overlooked gray friars and all this fantastic history and there's there's a rock venue there called bannerman's and the building that it's in is was built in like the 15th century. So it's very old. You know, yeah. people are like, oh, it's in Philadelphia and it's from 1880. It's like, that ain't shit. Yeah. You know, you go, you go to Europe and you're like, this was built in 900, you know? And so, um, and, and, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. And these are places that people still like live in and visit. And, you know, the, the pub is still there. The pub after 500 years is still functioning, you know? And, yeah. uh, the top typical European thing, the top floor of the venue is a band department and uh, the uh, promoter venue guy, manager, whatever is a buddy named Christian. And I was like, Hey, I was like, how come, what's up with this room? It's locked. And he goes, Oh, we stopped letting people stay in that, in that room because people were waking up and getting scratched and seeing stuff and people getting the bed shook. And I was like, I want to stay in that room. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, oh, I'm sure. And so I stayed in that. I'm getting goosebumps. I stayed in that room and we had like a ungodly flight. And I think we had to get up at like five or six in the morning. So I didn't sleep, but I sat in this room for, you know, three hours, just like waiting for something. And I took, of course, this was 10 years ago. Maybe I took a bunch of pictures and on one of the pictures, there's, what looks like a silhouette you have to look for it and of course you know we see what we want to see but there it looks like there's this random silhouette in this room in a room that's vacant there was a mattress and a chair and a a light bulb hanging from the thing and i'm sitting on the floor just looking up taking you know every be checking what whatever was popular 10 years ago myspace or facebook or whatever and yeah. i'd look up and i would just snap random pictures and when i was at the airport the next morning i was looking and there appears to be like shoulders and a head in one of them so i thought that was interesting i was disappointed i didn't get scratched or grabbed or poked right. or prodded but yeah so there you go you're immediately like five stars on that review <laughs> <laughs> definitely if i mean if you're traveling through uh northern uh uk england etc uh i would definitely put edinburgh scotland on your uh to-do list hell yeah no that's definitely uh scotland and ireland are two places that are, like are like top of the bucket list for me to visit for sure probably top three stonehenge might be number one i don't know if, <laughs> which I oh yeah over in that area anyways but yeah uh i've never been to stonehenge um and disappointed by that but yeah definitely i would imagine it's worth visiting and there's probably people listening and they're like, your top place to visit is a bunch of rocks. And I'm like, yeah, it is, motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. That kind of history, yeah. Right. Either that is, I don't know, the pyramids might be number one, but now I'm just getting off topic. But now, uh, yeah, no, Egypt is in my top five places for sure to go. Yeah, especially ancient, like the ancient parts of Egypt and stuff where, like, you know, you really got to know some people to visit. That'd be awesome to see. But hell yeah. Yeah. But now, before I let you go, I do want to mention the because uh, we kind of skimmed past it. But Adam Green and uh, Joe Lynch, they're two that I'm huge fans of as well. You know, Joe Lynch's Mayhem is one that was awesome. Of he did a bunch, he did a creep show segment that was cool as well. And yeah. wrong, wrong turn too. And then uh, obviously, I don't know if you can see it, but I got I got Victor Crowley right there. So I'm a huge fan of. Uh, oh yeah, I like all the Hatchet films, Frozen, Digging Up Tomorrow. I tell people all the time is my favorite mockumentary so i'm sure those are uh all films i'm sure you've seen all of those being friends of those dudes but. I, I have here's actually i just typed this in here's there's me and uh adam in front of a life-size crowley fuck yeah uh i think might and might be some stage use screen use stuff that was actually when we taped the uh terrified episode they've got great stuff under their on their resume uh actually joe lynch was uh, I went to the creep show premiere, uh, the Egyptian and whatever year that was, maybe 18 or 19. And uh, 
not too much longer than that. Joe and I had dinner or lunch or something like that at the rainbow in Hollywood. And he was like, Shh, I can't tell anyone, but I'm doing an episode of the upcoming creep next creep show season. And I was like, dude, what do I have to do to get just an on-screen cameo? I don't need a line. I just want to be seen. I just want to be like mm -hmm. in the background. And he was, I forgot what nonsense he was like, if you can fly yourself to Atlanta on this date, he goes, I'll let you walk through something. And of course I was fucking on tour. Yeah. So it didn't happen, but uh, it, it almost, it almost came to fruition, but I should reach out to him soon again, anyhow, but yeah, great work on both those guys. Uh, oh, yeah. history yeah now i worked at a theater for a, about a year uh, two or three years ago and i could watch i was an assistant manager for a little bit and uh i could watch whatever i wanted to in the theater like blu-rays and stuff and actually oh. and i could stream stuff and i actually watched his episode of creep show and mayhem just because i was showing it to somebody that i worked with i was like just like ask, trying to gauge what they liked and i was like you probably like mayhem so i, I actually got to see both of those in the theater where you know normally creep show you wouldn't get to see i watched like the first three episodes because his uh episode of creep show was our segment was like one of the first three episodes and like uh yeah. that's at the time we were opening but we hadn't opened yet so the theater was always available for me to just go watch it in because it was just like empty at the time you know like we were prepping it so like i went up there and uh was like watching creep show all the time on this fucking theater so that was awesome to see that's but awesome. not really enjoy the segment i think it's called like the right snuff for anybody that's listening that wants to check it out the segment yeah hell yeah yeah i, I love that they brought it back as an anthology series too yeah, no, that's uh, if and it fits perfectly too. It's like uh, it always has the same thing with like the all the segments where you know it always ends with the comeuppance of the you know shitty characters, pretty much of the story. So. <laughs> we need more of that in real life, right? <laughs> no, no, it's yeah, like, definitely uh, is a nice. That's a good thing is it kind of gives you the escape you know that you want with a horror film every time you watch an episode. So, but True. Uh, did you ever see the Evil Dead episode segment that they did? I don't think so. The, uh, they did an evil. It was Ted Raimi, and uh, he was just playing a character, but pretty much he's, like, selling the Necronomicon on the Antiques Roadshow. And in the same <laughs> studio, there's, like, a fake Bob Ross uh, getting fired next door. And, like, uh, pretty much on the Antiques Roadshow, the host reads the Necronomicon and, uh, and unleashes Deadites. So it pretty much, long story short, ends with Bob Ross, like, fighting Deadites. <laughs> so. I think I did see that. I think I did see that, and I'm just totally drawing a blank. Unfortunately, my memory is not what it used to be. But, yeah, I think I vaguely recall that. That was oh. early on. That was early on, right? Yeah, that was that actually might be the one that's paired with his uh, with his segment, if I'm not mistaken. So that might have been when you caught it. But okay yeah yeah that, that would explain why i saw it but it's definitely been a minute yeah hell yeah well i appreciate you for coming on the show man it was uh i'm glad we got to finally link up and it was fun chatting with you yeah likewise and as usual i just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week as i'll be joined once again by my monthly co-hosts ren travis and phil as we'll be diving into our top five a24 horror films we'll also be talking about some of the things we watched recently like swarm beef Evil Dead Rise, Bo's Afraid, and a bunch more. So make sure you check back next week for that. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget that if you'd like to sign up for the Patreon, the link for that is in the description. Also, just rating and subscribing or sharing it around helps a ton. Thank you guys again, and stay safe.